Hello, and welcome to Superhuman Samurai Cyberpod. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm David, and this time we have another guest. It's... Pats. Hello, and why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, I am the host of the Cockpit podcast uh, that you can listen to at thecockpit.net. Um, where I and my buddy Tom talk endlessly about robots, um, uh, in all different forms, including Gridman. We've talked about that quite a bit. Um, yes. I'm on Twitter at Pat's Prime. That's P-A-T-Z-P-R-I-M-E. Um, so you can follow me there for random thoughts about robots and manga and sometimes pro wrestling. So yeah. <laughs> Seems to be a lot of overlap. There, there, there is a lot of overlap in those things these days. Though I don't watch as much wrestling as I used to, but it's all. Oh, over there's there. so much of it. It's everywhere. There is too much of it, so I don't watch most of it. I, I miss the Legend of the Galactic Heroes podcast. Oh, oh. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Uh, um, I also kind of miss the Legend of the Galactic Heroes podcast. Um, but uh. Certain things, uh, in this country politically, um, yeah, made things I'm, awkward for doing that show. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad I finished watching that show before uh, politics yeah. crap. Um, it, it's, it's a funny one because I've broached bringing it back a couple times with the guys and it's, um, it's like, yeah, do you want to do this? Uh, and we're like, uh, maybe, but no, maybe, but, <laughs> and it just, yeah, maybe, it, it, I, I would like to, cause I've never finished it. As far as I know, oh. none of us, um, kept, none of us have watched anything past where the last show that oh, we put out is. It's, it's a good show, but it's such a long space opera war thingy about the death and rebirth and death of democracy. It, it's. <laughs> Yeah, it, it it's a Oy. trip. Exactly. Maybe someday. How long is it? Like, um, isn't it like eighty episodes? Something. It's less than a hundred. Okay. No, it's like a hundred twenty. It is over a hundred. Yeah. Well, if you count the guide in. Oh, I didn't. I didn't watch guide. So we're not talking like One Piece long, but we are talking like no. longer than Mobile Suit Gundam long. Yeah. Like yes. two Mobile Suit Gundams. Yeah. But also, like, um, so densely packed with material that uh, every character has to have a lower third telling you their name because so many characters yeah. show up. You just need to know, be told who they are every time they're on screen. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because like some, some characters disappear for dozens of episodes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Someday. <laughs> Maybe someday it'll be out on an affordable Blu- Blu-ray too. So, yeah, it did come out and it was kind of expensive. It's like I thought about getting it. It's like no, it's eight hundred dollars. Wow, yeah. and it's still available. So, yeah, and and they made the new. Sh- did the new show keep going? Uh the new show. Um, so they aired the show, and then it's going to keep going as movies. Ah, okay. It's pretty good. That they might, I wouldn't be surprised if they chop it up into episodes, cause that's what like, uh, yeah, Yama, Yamato, things do. Oh yeah, Yamato. Or like Yamato 2199 and 2202 are both that, where they're, they're movies that are run in the theater and then they're cut up into episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 
becoming a more common thing. Yeah. Anyway, a digression about yeah. other unrelated anime. <laughs> All anime are related. So, of course, Somehow. our our listeners will know that this is the show in which we discuss S S S S Gridman, the heavily Transformers infused um, <laughs> anime offer latest anime offering of the Ultraman media family franchise ish. Did did a side guide in whatever it. Technically not related, but it, it's in the universe. Sort of. Well, actually, I don't know. I don't. I keep forgetting to check if Gridman has ever officially crossed over with any Ultraman. I don't. I don't think it ever has because it's. Unless it's happened in a magazine or something. Yeah, because it's like until pretty until pretty recently, they didn't really like touch each other because of the sponsorship differences between the two. Oh. But, but it's conceptually related. Yeah. Yes. Same people worked on it. And uh, today we are discussing episode six, Contact. Uh, so uh, we begin with uh, outer space. It, uh, signals are returned, indicating that... Uh, what? No, what? Rob, no, yes. no, Rob, wrong, wrong, oh, wrong God. contact. So, so, I mean, I know it's a common title. Of, no, this doesn't have Charlie Sheen either. Well, no, no, that was The Arrival. I'm talking about oh, context. I'm sorry, did I watch that Jodie Foster movie for nothing? I I would uh, say that everyone watched, yes. who watched that Jodie Foster movie watched that Jodie Foster movie for nothing. I read that book for nothing. It's not bad. It's not bad, it's just kind of boring. It is I shelved a lot of used copies of that book. <laughs> I'm guessing a lot of them came with uh, heavily used copies of, co- of uh, Cosmos. Yeah, there was a lot of that. Too. Well, as long as she didn't get any copies, it also included Mein Kampf. <laughs> we, because uh, Hitler's an important part of that story, book. story, we did have a copy of Mein Kampf come into my used bookstore signed oh, no. by like some SS officer. Yikes. What? However, that was from a collection of, like, a heavy-duty, hardcore book collector who also had, like, the first appearance of, or the first, uh, Silver Age appearance of Captain America that I got to touch. Uh, yeah, there okay, we go. I guess so it could have been an ironic uh, copy uh, of the book. Was it, was it made it out was... to my friend S. Furman? Or, no. Or, sorry, <laughs> M. Furman? No. It it was definitely uh, a a very serious book collector had passed away and his sister was selling off a bunch of stuff and I did not get the impression from the rest of the collection that there was any ideological reason for that merely a historical one. Yikes! <laughs> I mean, it's definitely historical. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this was also in like two thousand three, so. It was a little more historical then. Yeah. Anyway, anyway th- I should stop digressing. Yeah, this is uh, this is the episode where the series goes full David Lynch. Yes, I promised you an episode, or possibly full uh, Dark City. Yeah. Ooh, oh, yeah. I love Dark City. Dark City was under. So okay, so I I need to get the lay of the land real quick. Um, I know David's seen the whole thing because he tweeted about it. Yep. Um, you two haven't? I have seen the whole thing. I was sort of starting off staying behind a little bit, but then I ended up just not being able to, to yeah, hold okay. back from watching the whole thing. I do sure. think that Rob has a little more 
he's he's got a little more fortification than me as far as that goes. I've and... only seen these six episodes. Yes. Okay, cool. And also, I'm pretty slow on the uptake. Yeah, we're we're trying to keep him away from major spoilers, at least the last two episodes. I have yes. no idea what's happening. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to, like, as far as, like, I came into this planning to not talk past this episode, but yeah, um, I just wanted to mm-hmm. know, like, what, where people were mentally with the show, because this episode is so heavily... There's so yeah. there's a lot of big reveals in this episode. Is what I'm it's trying an, to say. It's an info dump. It reveals things. It foreshadows things that you can miss until oh shit! I I noticed a thing this episode rewatching. It's like oh I didn't catch that line the first time. Oh. Yeah. Or at least the wording of that line. Yeah. Anyway. Superhuman samurai. Superhuman samurai. So, uh, so we're, we're back at school. Uh, previously on uh, Gridman, everybody went to, I mean, not the beach exactly, but to uh, to the to do some whitewater rafting. And there was a monster and some fan service, but everybody only everybody... remembers the fan service. Yes, everyone <laughs> remembers the fan service, not the monster. So, uh, I, I do want to say this, cause like, so, uh, David sent me the message telling me what episode I had to watch. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what episode is that? Is it the, is it the, um, river episode? <laughs> and then I like yeah, checked no. and I was like, no, it's the one after. Damn it. Um, <laughs> really? I mean, you could really? have I- still rewatched the other one. Just, I mean, <laughs> then I remembered which episode this was and I was perfectly fine with it. But I do want to shout out my favorite part of that episode is definitely um, the Neon Genesis uh, Junior High School uh, students um, dragging junk on the train to get it to the river. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's the best part of that episode. And also them scrounging together enough money to buy it. Yes. (laughs) Somehow. (laughs) Pretty adorable. Because I love them so much. I love how bad they are at being people. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, um, intentionally didn't have a guest on that episode. One, because I forgot, like, I, oh, I sort of know other podcasters I could ask, like you. <laughs> but also because, like, it's the fan service episode. I don't need to inflict that on extra people. I mean, it's a good need... episode still, but it's fan service. I, I would have to, uh, put my vote in for just having another lesbian on so we could just be creepy lesbians about it. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. There you go. I should have spoken up sooner. Anyway, mm. so yeah, they are reminiscing about the uh, the fan service, uh, and Yuta is wondering if anybody else remembers the monster, because they don't seem to. And he, he does suspect that Akane does, because she said something highly suggestive to him, and not in the highly suggestive way the rest of the episode was highly suggestive, about how he, uh, asking him whether, he, I could say, he's transformed lately. Or something along those lines. Yeah, but he's transforming. Yes, henshin is specifically the word they use. And in this episode, it makes it quite clear that she does indeed know what the deal is. Kind of. Also, Rika is talking to to her friends, uh, Starscream and Soundwave, uh, Namiko and Haas, 
Uh, and Namiko is apparently going to some kind of like tea ceremony based workshop. It's, it's a tea, it's the like, tea club. Yeah. Yeah, she's in like the tea ceremony club and she's going, they're going on a like training camp. <laughs> Just, and, and Haas is also, they're, Haas and Rika are also like, there's a, there's a training camp. Uh, meanwhile, poor Haas has like a huge pile of homework because she is in cramp school. Also, you keep calling her, I mean, I know her name is Haas, but I keep thinking of it as like H-O-S-S, which implies <laughs> like a giant, like a, like a hefty Hoss. cowboy. Yes, or, or a pig. Just call her, just call her Soundwave. I mean, Basically. Yeah. I mean, she's like one of the only ones whose name never registered to me. You know, that's a lot of is just because it's easy to just call her Soundwave because she has the mat. She wears that sick mask and it's for no reason. She just wears it. <laughs> yeah. Constantly. I, I definitely like, I feel like I should learn their actual names, but I can absolutely understand people who are just like Rika's friends, Soundwave and Starscream. Yeah, well, I remember Hass because it's short and it sounds kind of like Hasbro. Ah. Hmm. Anyway, I mean, I, 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 I can't really say anything here because I've uh, spent most of this uh, podcast referring to the main character as Utah. Yeah, which, <laughs> which is adorable. Johnny Utah. Johnny Utah. <laughs> I am an FBI I, I, I think agent. I mentioned... I think I mentioned that you calling him that has helped me remember what his actual name is, so. That it's is provided true. provided a mnemonic. <laughs> anyway, and, and so everybody has, everybody sort of goes their own separate ways in this episode. Yeah. Um, uh, Utah's friend, uh, friend Jazz, he is at a family member's <laughs> funeral. Uh, apparently a rare death in this city that is from non-kaiju related, uh, reasons. It's, he's, he's Are we sure jazz. though? Yeah, as far as we know, I mean, I mean this, you know, this, you know, uncle yeah, could have swipe, not jazz. All oh, right, jazz. Uh, yeah. Oh, jazz. <laughs> yeah, this, uh, you know, he could have, you know, this random uncle could have spilled a coffee or something on Akane in the subway, and yeah. uh, she just decided to, you know, send a send a King Ghidorah up uh, up his ass. Yeah, oh. I do think it's interesting considering what we're you know, what we learn about the world as of this episode, that it's got the depth to it uh, mm-hmm. to to have things like that going on. But on the other hand, I've played Dwarf Fortress and I am familiar with way, way, way too deeply programmed simulations. So, <laughs> so it's fair. Anyway, so... Uh... So everybody's sort of gone their separate ways. Akane is talking with uh, everybody's favorite trash son slash murder hobo, Auntie. My baby! <laughs> He's hungry. He just wants some food and to kill Gridman. Well, it's not... So So one of my favorite things about Auntie is Auntie literally does not know how to function as a human being. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not in a, like... And it's not like in the ironic, you're like a, you're like a, a loser who doesn't know how to, you know, do his laundry or something. It's yeah. in the literal, he doesn't understand the concepts of bathing or like really eating other than the fact that like his baser instincts tell him he needs to eat. Yes. Like he's hungry and he knows that eating makes that stop. Yeah. It's like, but, oh, yeah, why did you program really... me to feel pain kind of thing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, you you do get the feeling that he is even kind of like one step below the Neon Genesis junior high kids. Because uh, they're yeah. also very not good at being people, but it's mostly just manifests in strictly social ways. Whereas yeah. for him, it's like, yeah, he he's doesn't know how to do anything. He's like if you gave a dog a human body. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, we see one of the uh, Neon Genesis students, you know, go into a fake Starbucks and buy a beverage, which Auntie is not capable of. I do feel like probably, and I guess we would have had to uh, pay closer attention in the last episode when they had to pool their funds. I kind of feel like Boar is the most likely to actually have some money on him at any given time. Um, Boar and Max are definitely like the two most functional as people. Yeah, uh, Max uh, had the most amount of money and Caliber had the least, but I forget how much the other two had. Yeah, because Max is like the dad. Yeah. Uh, and like, Caliber definitely, Caliber is definitely the closest to Auntie in that he's barely like. Yeah, like, uh, later in the episode, when they go back into the shop, Max has to pick up Caliber's swords so he can walk through the door. <laughs> yeah. He, he did at the beginning try to just walk straight through a door with his swords on, and that was delightful. Yeah. So he, this guy was created, you know, solely to kill Gridman, and he's just, like, standing outside because, well, Gridman's not around, so I can't kill him, so I'm just going to stand here. Yeah. So she, you know, she has figured out that, you know, uh, Utah is Gridman, go kill Utah, and that's like killing Gridman. And I, I do appreciate the auntie is like, that sounds fake. Yeah, he's kind of, eh, and she's like, well, I'll feed you if you do, and he decides to do it. <laughs> She's like, come on, believe me. Also, if you do it, I'll I'll give you some food. Because she's not very good at <laughs> she's not very good at being a god. Like you gotta at least let, let this guy live in the garage, like the Fonz or something. Yeah, poor kid. Let him live in the backyard. I guess they well, don't have backyards there. Right. There's there's no that is the backyard in the front, the little garden. Yes. Anyway, so uh, so Rika, meanwhile, is uh, you know she's kind of hanging around the uh, her uh, her mother's uh, junk shop. Her mother's watching some inexplicably poorly animated comedy program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, don't, I did I'm kind sure of if wonder if it was supposed to be an animated show or if it was just that they didn't want to put effort into animating it to look like it was real in the setting. Yeah, no, I think it was, it was supposed to be like a gag because of that. Yeah, yeah, because it, it it seemed like a stock like two guys stand up comedy routine in Japan, but it's just badly mm-hmm. animated, which was adorable because they're there. <laughs> it's not important. It's not a Transformers reference or any reference to Ultraman series. It's like that we figured out that. yet. No, no. Yeah. So she is. So yeah, she's bored. Yes, basically. And so she goes shopping. She, I, I'm not, I'm not sure exactly what this is. Stationery or a notebook or something that she. Oh, it's a, it's a uh, pass holder. Oh. So it's like that's why. So like, there's a clip and it shows like she looks it down at the pass holder. Which, by the way, the clasp on the pass holder is the main. Oh, I mean that's show. the really yes. the only thing I got. That is. Um, I want one of those so bad. <laughs> but it cuts they to. Were available. 
expensive. Yeah, they did sell them. I need to see if I can keep an eye out for those on eBay or something. Yeah. Check Mandarake. Um... She, fl- it, like, flashes back to uh, Akane using just her loose, like, rail pass card to get on the train. Mm-hmm. And that's why she thinks to buy it. Because she's like, well, she doesn't have a pass holder. Yeah, it's basically, I mean, I've seen, I, <laughs> I my nerd level is shops online Japanese stationery stores. Uh, <laughs> and, and yeah, it's basically, it's like a wallet, but a yeah. larger form factor that is meant for, you know, women and girls who have purses and therefore don't need to shove it in their pockets. So, it's basically a wallet. It's a women's Um, wallet. The other important reference in in the sequence of scenes with Rika is when she goes to the record store and she's listening to music, the song she's listening to is the opening to Inferno Cop. Aha! I was wondering about that. But it's specifically the karaoke version, if I recall correctly. Also, I was wondering what this crazy, like, physical audio, this physical music store. Yeah. Well, they still have those there. Still, Yeah, I guess they probably also have record stores now, the way we also have record stores. Wait, you've never seen Empire Records? Yes, believe me, I saw Empire Records right around when my old bookstore was closing. That that hit home, man. Nineteen ninety eight. And uh, anyway, and meanwhile, uh, our our hero Utah encounters what is half creepy Japanese ghost child and half uh, that frog girl from My Hero Academia. She's so yes. adorable. Oh, the, I just love the shots of her being introduced because he's walking down a dark alley and you see her backlit by the entrance of the alley. There's this tiny, shadowy, menacing figure with an ominous aura. Though I I feel like I'm a little wary to to assume any genders here after Boar, uh, but I'm guessing from asking for a date that this is probably intended to be a girl. Uh... I I think she is specific. I think pretty sure her gender. I I think. (laughs) Let's check the wiki (laughs) to be sure. (laughs) Also, which kaiju is she supposed? Is she related to? Uh, Oh, you don't know. Um, she's Enoshilas or Enoshiras. Right. Enoshiras the second. Yeah. Because she's like the daughter. Of a kaiju from episode six of Hyper Agent Gridmail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I knew because- it was something specific like that, but I don't remember the details anymore. So how how is kaiju reproduction done? Is this like a, is this like a nineteen ninety eight Godzilla thing? Who the crap knows? Uh, wait. Let me I mean, you I people, think. obviously. <laughs> well, no. don't no, we know it- who her mother is too? It's one of yes, these- her. Yes, uh, I, I actually watched that episode, episode six of the original live action series, where, um, Yay. the, um, oh, what the craps, the Takashi or whatever, the, the, the Kanai Shinjo of that series gets angry at music coming from a music shop and then creates a monster to go attack kids the music these days. The keyboard in the music shop. These kids and their terrible music. The monster he sends is defeated by Anoshiras the First, who's an adorable sort of like 
half snail, half lizard music monster who just defeats this other monster. And no, the music shop's peaceful again. But then the, the bad guy of that series and Kilokan decide, ah, oh, fuck it. Let's transform this monster into an evil monster with bad music, murder music. So he mutates into an evil version. <laughs> Play some Black Sabbath. Yeah. Gridman goes there to beat him up, but then this little human inside. Gridman fights in a digital world that's like glowing neon building blocks against the monster. There's never any people there that you see, except for this one little digital fairy named Unison. Who's just a woman who's, um, oh, they call her, uh, Compoid, Compoido, which mm-hmm. I guess is what they call digital citizens, but as far as I know, that's yeah. the only person we ever see in Gridman in the digital world. Huh. So she convinces him, no, this is a nice monster. He's a good guy. He's just been turned bad. Don't hurt, kill him. So Gridman's like, ah, shit, I can't kill him with my sword now. But then Gridman's, his little Akane and Itsume version, Play nice music on a keyboard that happens to be the instrumental version of, uh, You May Know Hero, the theme song of the original Gridman on a piano, and that calms down Anno Shiras, and then, as a, as a reward for, thank you for not killing my giant lizard friend, Unison and Anno Shiras upgrade Gridman's sword so it can combine with his shield, and then it looks like Samurai Caliber in sword mode. Ooh. Yay! And flash forward 25 years later, they had a kid, and it's this little girl. Okay, who is sometimes gigantic. Yes. Yeah, she is a kaiju. She can change her size. So, yes. Does she have a music note on her shirt, too? Yes. Uh, I assume that means something. Yes, I pasted it in, in our Discord, uh, uh pictures. Oh, right. Words. Let me go. Get yeah, the link. So it's related Let's to, uh, I think Unison had the, uh, a music note motif. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, the shirt that, uh, Inoshiras 2 is wearing under her jacket is the same shirt her mom wears, the same style. And her, Aww. with her backpack roll, and her drill, or well, sort of braided hair is like the horns on her dad. She's a perfect combination of her dad's design and her mom's outfit. I see. It's very adorable. Yes. Uh, I don't have a good. All right, so, so yeah. Anyway, she, uh, you know, she's she makes some very enigmatic statements. Um, you know, she's a. You know, she knows what his deal is. She says that that gum he likes is going to come back in style. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, she she makes references that she knows who he is and she expects him to know, like, who she's related to, but he don't. Yes. Because she realizes he's connected to Grimm. not, like, upset about that. But, yeah, she's like, oh, you forgot. Because, you know, I, I kind of have amnesia. It's 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 a whole thing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Makes it difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, but they... then she starts dragging him around. Oh, though. Speaking of the uh, keyboard, did we get to the point already where uh, where Rika runs into 
uh, auntie and tries to bring him home? I think we're about to get that because, yeah, she runs into auntie, who okay. she has seen before, and he is trying to eat out of a garbage can. And so she... Yeah, uh, and she's like, <laughs> hey. uh, auntie, are you hungry? Yeah. So she goes and buys him some special dogs. Is that all anybody ever eats here? Yes. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's apparently yes. something that... Shinjo is very feels very strongly about. It's like if I made a world, everything would so be many... pizza. Yeah, so it's the most popular Just, thing. And everybody eats cold hot dogs. Exactly. <laughs> yes. With an With egg. With like on an them. egg on top. Mm. I did that. But then like she's like feeding him and realizes he reeks. Yeah. And asks him if he's when's the last time he bathed, and he's like, Bathe? What are you talking about? Also, I really like that uh they go to a park where there's a sign that says not to feed the stray cats. Yes. <laughs> he is a stray. Yes. I mean he's 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 like a, a level below the stray cats because at least the cats know how to bathe themselves. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. yeah, he just doesn't know what she's what this bathing thing is that she's talking about. So she she tries to get him home briefly, um, or just narrowly. Avo- well, I guess she does run into her mother, uh, who unsurprisingly would not be cool with her just bringing a hobo home to bathe. <laughs> it's not bringing homeless children to to bathe. I I think. She would be perfectly cool. Yeah, I honestly it. think yeah. that She's... she would probably be cooler than than Rika would like. I think Rika would be like, Mom. I mean, she kind of like is cool with all these other weirdos just hanging out in her shop all yeah. the time. I'm not sure. To the point she that she isn't... just lets one watch it. She may just be high all the time. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, there, there was a very, very brief scene earlier where, uh, where, which one is it? Vitor? Uh, Vit- Vi- yeah. The, 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 the handsome boy. one, where he's he's <laughs> hanging around, and she says something to him about working, and he says he's on standby. She says he's always she's- on standby. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, she she says that uh, she's going to go out, and she's leaving the handsome one in charge of the store. Uh, and speaking of keyboards, we we cut inside to some guy asking if they have any other keyboards. Like, yeah. trying to buy a keyboard, and he's just standing there on his phone with his back to the customer. Like, why is he, I mean, I guess they all have phones to communicate uh, with each other, but, but yes, and he's just like, if, if it's not there, we don't have it. <laughs> like, it's so bad It's at not retail. just anybody buying a keyboard, <gasps> it's the actor who was the... Whatever the main protagonist of the first Gridman, he's voicing <laughs> him, oh. buying a, the same kind of keyboard that was in that episode six. <laughs> I like Layers. so he he was the Japanese equivalent of Joey Lawrence's brother. Yes, <laughs> yes. Okay. He yes, did kind of look like the Japanese equivalent of Joey Lawrence's brother. To be fair, <laughs> yeah, kind of. I think Matthew Lawrence, I want to say. That sounds right. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, and, uh, uh, Caliber has been watching Rika and Auntie wandering around. Each of the kids has a middle schooler, uh, Neon Genesis kid watching over them as they're going about Each of them has a stalker. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for safety. And this is the episode that reveals that. Yeah. That 
All of them have someone that follows them around. Rika has uh, Caliber, Yuta has Max, and uh, Utsumi has uh, Boar. This is all and, uh, reasonable. And I guess, yeah, then Veet is just ha- watching Veet the storm. And Veet is on standby. And speaking of Utsumi, his his funeral has ended, has finished up. He's in a bookstore. Oh, just, wait, uh, wait. Th- there's an odd note. Rika's mom mentions she's leaving the shop to take some food or something to Rika's brother who's at cram school. She has a brother? Yeah. yeah I, th- I I I thought I thought did I miss a reference to him earlier? But apparently not. He's just been off at cram school. Yeah, I think yeah. this is the this might be the only time he's ever mentioned. Probably. <laughs> I don't remember That's him weird. ever coming up anywhere else. That is really weird and kind of random. And and again, like I said, that's some dwarf fortress levels of simulation generation there. Yeah, yeah. He is. Uh, he's uh, he's perusing a, a bookstore and uh, runs into Akane, and they they bond over their shared love of kaiju. Yep, they're checking out yes. the the fan. Is there like a name for those fan magazines? Uh, the title. It's a magazine. It, the The title of the magazine is. Just- Uchu Sen, which I think is like alien stuff or something. Mm-hmm. Whatever. But on the cover, there is Ultraman Zero in Tektor armor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ultraman Hikari disguised as Surugi in armor. He's from Ultraman Mabius. And from Andromelos, it's Andromelos, who's actually Ultraman Zoffy in an armor costume. Hmm. Three Ultramen in hiding behind uh, a disguise. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cute. And they have, uh, they have a little chat about the Red King, who is a kaiju that who I'm actually kind of familiar with. I guess he's like the the biggest or like the uh, most famous one. He's like one of the well, if you're gonna name like three kaiju, he's gonna be somewhere on the list. There's there's him, uh Gomora, Baltan. He's one of the big guys who's a giant, super strong, Godzilla-shaped lizard without spines who's always yellow except for Ultraman-powered, where there's two of them, one's yellow and one's red. Yeah, they have yeah, one they of those kind of nerd like a... conversations about, like, huh, isn't it funny that he's never actually red? Oh, except that one time and that yes. one thing that he was red. It's, 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 a a great it's like if problem. Jerry Seinfeld was into kaiju. <laughs> What's the deal with the Red King? He's not red. And what's he the king of? It's, I don't get it. It's us nitpicking about Transformers. Yes, it's definitely assorted conversations that I have had with random fans in, in public. I mean, hell, uh, my, uh, av- he's all, oh, hey, 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 my Twitter avatar is a permutation of Red King. <laughs> Wearing ah, glasses. Is it a red one, though? No. No, it's, it's the yellow one from Powered. <laughs> I see. And anyway, he's like, "Oh, hey, a, a girl who's into kaiju—that's uh, that's that's weird." And of course, she responds with, "Oh, like anybody into kaiju is kind of weird." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so they they head off, and they uh, they head to what is it, Star? Oh yes, Star Starbos. Starbos. I kept thinking Star Burns, Which, but that's not. Uh, right. Again, in our Discord is Just... picture of it. Um. It's a weird Having little a special logo. on chocolate banana frappuccinos. The logo sort of looks like 
a cross between a Zaku and uh, a Stormtrooper mask. Because it's a mask from an anime, or no, not an anime, a tokusatsu OVA series called Starbows, which is impossible to find any goddamn information about. So Aww. all I know is that it exists. Yeah, it, it's definitely apparently a deep dive. Uh, and I, so, uh, as our guest may not be aware, I actually work part-time at a Starbucks. Uh, and I, I took some screenshots of this to share with my coworkers so <laughs> they could see anime knockoff Starbucks. Uh, I, I would say also none of these kids are actually drinking coffee. Come on, you bunch of posers. Well, but bored we see drinking a frappuccino later. Yeah, that's not coffee. That's a milkshake. <laughs> well, basically, yeah. I will also drink straight espresso shots off the bar, so Ugh. I'm obnoxious. <laughs> but but yes, they go to it's a very pretty and also fairly accurate looking Starbows. Uh, with the, the logo, which yes, is that at first I thought it was just like a Zaku helmet, but yeah, then someone pointed out that it's from this very obscure, apparently, uh, tokusatsu show. Uh, and then it's got like the lettering on the window and it, it just looks very nice. But yes, then Boar is sipping on a frappuccino nearby. So yeah, Boar's gotta have some money. I don't know about in Japan, but that's like $5 drink right there. So yeah, I mean, Boar's hustling somehow. <laughs> I think the other two have the the refreshers, which are like the fruity drinks that children get, and adults who feel like they should go to Starbucks but don't actually like coffee. Uh, it, this is a podcast, so you can't see, but my hand's actually up right now. <laughs> I don't like coffee. That's yeah, fine. Don't do go to Starbucks. Yeah. Well, sometimes uh, people I know are going, going there, to start, so I go yeah. with them. Okay, that's fine. Well, they do have, I, and so I got to be like the coffee designated driver. Yeah, there, that's. I there mean, are various that fruit drinks. Reasonable. Occasional fra- I, I drink occasional frappuccinos, but otherwise, no coffee for me. Mm-hmm. Too much of a I buzz. enjoy an I enjoy an iced tea every now and then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can get some tea. <laughs> but I mean, I guess they are like fifteen and probably shouldn't be chugging espresso anyway so this this conversation starts taking a turn for the weird where she's really pressing as to whether you know this as was to whether utsumi knows what the deal is with uh with her with his pal utah it is a little bit like how she was leaning really hard on rika a couple episodes ago to mm. a weird degree uh, which you know we we the viewers know why she's doing this but the poor characters are like why are you stalking my friend and uh yeah i mean it's it sort of gets to the point where it's like is, is she gonna kill this guy <laughs> is, is yeah. she okay i mean we you know we haven't seen her kill anybody not via monster before, but she's also kind of nutty, so it's not impossible. Yeah. But she prefers to do things at a remote, like send off her little pet kaiju to go kill a dude. But, uh, Utsumi, uh, does, does not crack under pressure. 
and uh, she doesn't really end up any the any wiser about their whole operation. Yeah, he's like, I mean, of course he's changed a little bit because of the whole amnesia thing, but he's he's still Utah. And she's like, oh, that's boring. That's not telling me he's good man at all. Like, what? Yeah, that's not the answer I'm looking for. Yeah. So she just and, gets uh, up, having finished her mango dragon fruit refresher, and leaves. <laughs> yes. I and, think his uh, is very berry hibiscus. Oh. I think he got the very berry hibiscus. <laughs> One of theirs was bright ass red. So yeah, hers was yeah. bright ass red, and that's why I'm thinking it's it's the mango dragon fruit because that is just like absolute toxic food coloring levels of red. <laughs> and anyway, uh, meanwhile, Rika is just scrubbing down the bare ass nude. Anti, like he's a horse or something. <laughs> or a dog. He's just a golden retriever who was out rolling in the mud. A golden retriever who was bred for murder. <laughs> yeah. But only one specific kind of murder. Yes. Going, going in the sort of Android 16 direction here. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, that, that is a good parallel. That's not a reference, I guess. There is a uh, character in Dragon Ball Z who is an android, and he was created to kill Goku. Uh, but otherwise, he's actually a pretty chill and friendly guy. And that's not the one who marries Krill. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Because I know that's also a robot. Yes. That's 18. Well, no, she's, okay. she's a cyborg. She's part of the same series. They're called androids. But... Yes. Confusing. Yes. Well. Yeah, it, it's it's um. Oh, what is what is it? it's Kaizo Ninja? Whatever the Japanese term is, it's a catch-all for there are robots, there are androids, there are cyborgs in the line. Some of them are just a brain in a jar stuck in a robot body. Yeah. Oh. Some of them are sexy ladies. Apparently, <laughs> now retroactively, thanks to some fighting game. <laughs> Anyway, meanwhile, the, the, I guess the true meat of the episode is happening with, uh, with Utah and this mysterious yes. kaiju girl. Yes, cause. Who's dropping all, first, first. All sorts of truth bombs on him. Well, yeah. before that, like, first, uh, she takes him on a date to the bench that's the exact same one where Rika and Auntie were eating their special dogs. Mm-hmm. And she bought him lunch with a bag full of coins. That she's collected in previous episodes because she's been in the background of at least three other episodes, uh, drawing something in chalk mm. on the street, picking up money underneath a vending machine. She was on a bus once. Oh, so she's, I totally didn't notice that. Yep. She's been there being adorable. You, you would because it's like really quick shots. Mm. Except for like the when I first watched it, like the only time I noticed it's like, why is there someone drawing p- chalk? We chalk on a street as they're walking down. I thought that was important, but I didn't know who the crap it was uh, until this episode. It's like, oh, it's the little weird hooded green girl. It's one of those things where this character, this random side character sure has a very interesting uh, character model for being a random <laughs> person doing yes. nothing in the background. Overly interesting design. So yeah, they, they have this date, then they get on a train and... Now, he mentions that this is only his second time being on a train that he remembers because of the, uh, the amnesia and all. Mm-hmm. 
and, uh, you know, she mentions that they went outside the city, and she reveals to him that there is nothing outside the city. Yeah, just very matter-of-factly, yeah, we're, we're going to go outside the city, because there's nothing, so you can see it from the outside. Yes, because uh, the, the owls are not what they seem. <laughs> yeah, um, because, well, the, the fogs, they're really nice shots, like, it starts a little bit like um the scenes where, like, Shinji was on the train in Evangelion. But then it becomes more like, we see shots behind Yuta's head, and it's like the city landscape. A shot between behind her head, and it's those giant shadowy kaiju in the background. Mm-hmm. Then they pass through the fog, and Yuta falls asleep, because when everybody goes outside, they fall asleep in the fog. <clears throat> and she wakes him up with um the sound of music from her headphones, which is... Uh, the love theme version of Yume no Hero, the theme song for the original show, the exact same song that helped save her father from being evil in that episode. So it's very important to her. Ah. That was another one of those, like, this song is obviously relevant. Yeah, right. Yeah, there, there's some, there's some weird music in this, uh, in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. And, and she talks about, like, sound spirits, which are her parents. Yay! Oh, well, that all, that makes sense now. <laughs> and, yeah, she talks about the gas, and I guess that's what puts them to sleep as they go outside the city. Mm-hmm. And this is very Dark City. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's very... In which, again, the, the, city the titular Dark City... ...have been living in is not an actual place, as you've been led to believe. Mm-hmm. Like, I know some, somewhere around here, Jennifer Connelly's singing some Torch songs. Yeah, because it, uh, it pretty much exactly is Dark City, because, well, the, the main plot thing in Dark City is weird evil overlords are running this city, which was, like, floating on a spaceship or some shit. I don't remember that part, but, like, yeah. every night they would put people to yeah, sleep. Yeah, that was, that was Dark City. Rearrange the city and restart it the next day, mm-hmm. which is exactly what Akane's been doing. With her kaiju. Right. And then she decides to illustrate this via what I believe is uh, <laughs> our graphics imported directly from Sin City, from Sim City. Yeah. I, I love this bit. It's so cool looking because it's so different from the show and it's such a great, like, goofy visual. Yeah, it, yeah it's, like it's this like very lo-fi like, look. old computer graphics, very low poly. Uh, you get some, like, Eight or possibly sixteen-bit music in it. It's <laughs> it it's very interesting. It's very. This is happening in a computer, possibly related to the nineties in some way, though. Yeah, know, it, maybe it, only conceptually here. It's very much top of the line graphics as they would have been made when the original live action show was airing. Yes. Honestly, it's probably better than that because it's too smooth. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a little bit more like late era PS1, early PS2 maybe. Yeah, it's definitely PS1 level gra- graphics. But uh, it's very, very SimCity. It's pretty great. And then he explains what we've more or less, be- or, or she explains what we've more or less been able to piece together, that Akane Shinjo is uh, making these uh, these monsters with the help of some mysterious entity. Some outsider. Um, but it's more complicated than that. <gasps> yes. It's not just that she's making the kaiju. It's that she is more or less their, the god of their world. Yes. Yeah, it's, uh, 
the kaiju attacks are her way of resetting the world and fixing things she doesn't like. Like people. She's, she's kind of like Billy Moomy in that one episode of The Twilight Zone. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's it, it's a real good thing uh, that Akane did that. Yeah. It's, it's a real good thing. Uh, yeah. Instead of sending people to the cornfield, she has a giant monster shoot a fireball at the school while you're in it. Let's be honest, that's well, more exciting. Yeah, I mean, it's either that or just somebody getting turned into the shadow of a jack-in-the-box. They had a lot more budget for this. Yes. But, but yes, she killed Psykill. Cute little Psykill girl. Aww. So anyway, um, you know, uh, Auntie eventually disappears from, uh, from Casa Rica. And, uh, Utah and the mysterious kaiju girl get back, and at this point, he is attacked mm. by Auntie, and I guess he has, like, a handheld circular saw? Um, that he well, just pulls out of nowhere. Well, well subspace. Sort of kind of, well, because, like, Caliber's swords are larger than the sword holder he has at his back. Yes. And Max pulls out this giant mace thing from nowhere. Which is like the mm-hmm. tale of the movie monster. And well, Auntie's weapon, it, it, it's Rodimus's buzzsaw. Mm. He can just summon it from anywhere. Oh, cause, cause it, he made it out of his hands. Yes. Yeah, well, he's a kaiju, so that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. they can do crazy things like that. Yeah. Oh, oh! There was there was a line before Auntie comes down, kicks, and destroys the ground, where um, Utah is wonder wondering and musing to himself, "What does God need with a high school?" <laughs> or why why does God go? Why would a God go to a normal high school? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I mean, I suppose part of the implication there is that you would think that you know a God would be going to like the special magnet school. Or the gods above being in school. Yes, that too. So anyway, this is where we have our episode's almost obligatory fight scene. Yeah. Um, Auntie battles uh, this uh, the Grimlock guy and the uh, and the slug and the uh, the slag guy from uh, the Neon Genesis Junior High students. <laughs> yes. And yeah, but it's a very quick fight because yes. they because um, Caliber manages to disarm because he's like I'm gonna I have to defeat you because if I if I kill you I get rid of Gridman and Caliber def- basically talks him down with like yeah but if you defeat him you'll if you kill him he's clearly just a human but if you kill him you'll never be able to defeat Gridman yeah and that's enough to kind of like. Get the get the gears turning in Auntie's head enough for him to go. Oh wait, then I don't want to do that. Yeah, basically just yeah. like. I mean, I I do kind of feel like maybe he wasn't entirely sold on the idea that this tiny puny teenage human was Gridman. Uh, but also, yes, it's like they basically convince him that this would be cheating. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's a very quick series of events where, like, Utah figures out, oh, that voice is familiar. Oh, that's that kaiju. This is a kaiju in disguise. Da-da-da-da-da. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they also figure that out after the after he's already left. Yeah. And so that's pretty much it for the episode. He he goes home, uh, or well, he goes to um, the junk shop, Akane's place. 
you know, mentions that he, you know, did not kill Gridman because he didn't see Gridman, and he just gets hit in the face with the phone again. Yeah, I, I should have probably been keeping count because it's like four or five by now. You that, know, that poor I, cell phone I sh- screen is wrecked. I, 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 oh, had a I mean, they show here. it cracked earlier in the episode. One that I mm. wonder if the, uh, I wonder if the Neon Genesis crew gets kicked out of Rika's mom's shop, like when it closes. <laughs> oh, they definitely do. <laughs> they definitely don't get to stay there when it closes. They definitely have to go to the park or wherever they sleep. Yeah, yeah. that that raises some I mean, questions there. And- actually, they they probably go back. They probably follow each of the kids home and watch them through their window all night. God, they do. I mean, do they need to sleep? That's a good I mean, question. We don't know. We've seen, I mean, Caliber has fallen asleep on the counter with his head down, I think, or at least rested it down. Oh, right. Yeah, but Caliber's also the old one. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, he's the, the odd one. That could be out of boredom. But uh, yeah. also, I realized that the broken phone thing is probably to some degree a, a nod to Shattered Glass Optimus Prime's broken windshield, just like her broken yeah. glasses are. But also I feel like it's a very good uh metaphor for how she just mistreats her things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I I I mean my first thought when, you know, she threw the phone at Auntie, I was like, well no wonder her phone is broken. <laughs> uh, but also then I realized that that's it's probably also just kind of a an overall metaphor for how she is with all her stuff uh, and Definitely. stuff in this case, including Auntie and a lot of other things as we have now discovered. Mm-hmm. But yeah, her, her phone's broken. And so yeah, that she is a person who has, she, she is a person with a broken phone. She should not be allowed to have but children. Then, but also Yuta returns to the junk shop. Basically all of them reunite at the junk shop at the end at the same time. Uh-huh. And you see, like, it's, it's, I, I think in a lot of ways it's like symbolic in the, in and of itself that they all feel the drive to go back there to be together. Um, mm-hmm. and then we're left with, okay, and now it's time for the moment where they have the discussion about what the deal with Akane is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, uh, you know, what, uh, hell of a day, huh, everybody? Yeah. yeah. And then then that good-ass ending theme plays. Yes. It is a good ending theme. Yes. So, yeah, now we've we've learned a lot. Rob, you were the one who was waiting and and letting it play out as we were recording. So, what do you think? Is is it where you thought things were going? I mean, I, I wasn't entirely surprised. I mean, most of the stuff I'd kind of pieced together, mm-hmm. but this is as much as I'd pieced together, so I have no idea what's going to happen in the second half of the show. Oh. <laughs> and I hadn't quite pieced together the whole there is nothing outside the city thing. Yeah. I, I remember the last episode, after there was that big kaiju fight in, you know, the, the woods or whatever, we sort of saw 
like the rocks sort of piecing themselves back together. Mm-hmm. And we saw a flash ca- of that this episode, too, of all that still yes. being broken because it's not needed, so... Still just floating. Yeah. There. It's outside the city, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just assumed that that was sort of, you know, the world resetting itself in whatever mysterious fashion there is. Mm-hmm. And now you know what that fashion is. <laughs> Yes. Although my initial theory was that Utah was from a different universe, and that's why I didn't remember anything. I don't think that appears to be what's happening here. Although, if I'm wrong, don't tell me. Okay. But otherwise, I'm very curious as to where this is all going. Hmm. It's a good feeling to have, isn't it? (laughs) Yes, it is. And now you know why I went ahead and just binged the rest of them. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, it's tempting, but I shall, I shall continue to watch it episode by episode. Yeah, because th- this show does manage to like condense the equivalent of like a fifty-episode live-action series into thirteen episodes by twelve, twelve, oh twelve, but by like in some ways just cutting out a lot of the oh here's a random monster episode. Like, the second half of the series is like the last six episodes of a normal series. It's like, oh, this is where the plot kicks in. They do nod to this episode not having an actual proper kaiju fight, though. Because uh, when uh, Shinjo and Utsume are discussing kaiju nerd stuff, there's a point where one of them is complaining about episodes where there's not even a kaiju battle. Uh, meta commentary is good. Yes. It gets very meta with them. And speaking of meta, uh, Akane very much shows her hand when she says, you know, she watches kaiju shows, but she's, uh, she's rooting for the kaiju. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Dun dun dun. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's very, uh, like, so, one of the things with Ultraman, we kind of touched on it, is that, um, the kaiju are really the most iconic thing. Mm-hmm. They're the thing that survives, like, or that comes back a lot series to series. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's kind of unique in, like, the Ultra stuff versus the other, you know, big tokusatsu type franchises. Mm-hmm. Is that they're mm-hmm. really iconic. And, like, so it's not, actually that weird for there to be someone who's just a an, a kaiju otaku mm-hmm. and that that's her thing is very amusing all right so, so uh, that uh, that should do it wait, for contact we, wait uh, oh. rob was there yes what surprised you the most in this episode other than like maybe the entire episode and you still not knowing yeah i mean yeah, I mean, I think, really, that it did uh, surprise me that this episode deviated so much from the formula that has been established in the first five episodes, mm-hmm. in which, you know, uh, Akane decides she wants to get rid of something or someone, unleashes a kaiju, and Utah must become Gridman to defeat it, along with, you know, and getting tidbits of the ongoing mystery as we go along. Uh, but this, you get more than a tidbit. And we also forego usual fight, and we see uh, uh, more of get sort of more of an idea of anti as an entity. Yes, mm-hmm. not to be confused with anti entity, uh, Tina Turner's character from Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. <laughs> yes, 
Yeah. Important distinction. Good Cause, work. Because he, he's a kaiju, and now we have another example of a human-looking kaiju who's yes. another trash child in a different way. Yes. But is slightly Although more one, functioning. Yes. yes. Right. I mean, she is like, she, you know, she has some more self-awareness. She knows what she is and what's going on, whereas... Um, Auntie is kind of just, yeah, Auntie, like, been they, thrown into the world. I mean, he's basically a Terminator. Yeah. Yeah. Now this, uh, he, he needs to find Eddie Furlong, although he seems to have found Eddie Furlong's haircut. Yes. <laughs> huh. But, uh, yeah, no, this was a very surprising, and, uh, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of David Lynch, and this certainly had some very Lynchian undertones. It's, uh, it's similar to the first, uh, the first Black Lodge episode of Twin Peaks. Yeah, I could, I can definitely, uh, go with that. And of course, I know that Lynch has a big Japanese fan base because I know he did a bunch of Twin Peaks commercials for like a Japanese coffee company. <laughs> yes. Back when the show was first airing. Sure. Like, like with you, like with like Kyle MacLachlan and the actual actors. Oh man. Yeah. That sounds great. They're on YouTube. They're very interesting. I, I will have to look that up. Let's see. Agent Cooper knows a good cup of coffee. Oh, it's a, it's a, it's a damn fine cup. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's good episode. Really yeah, now be, good revelations. Yeah. I, I it's like, one of my favorite episodes of the show. I like using the the kaiju offspring to sort of explain everything. I was really it like anime Twitter at the time kind of exploded when this episode happened because it was more of a crossover between anime Twitter and Tokusatsu Twitter, and everybody was just like. Oh my god, a kaiju had a child. What? <laughs> she she has come back to pay the debts of her father. <laughs> yes. She is a good child. Yeah. Alright, so before we go, uh, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Oh. That you have not already plugged? Uh, uh, I mean, if you want to hear more of me talking about Gridman... Go check out the cockpit where there's like a two and a half hour show where we talked at length about it. And I was also on the Anna Gamers podcast where I talked at length about it for like another two and a half hours. <laughs> oh, um, so this is the short episode. This is the third. Because <laughs> we just limited it to one episode. Yeah, this is the shortest. So yeah, check that stuff out. And yeah, just follow me on Twitter at Pat's Prime. Uh, that's about everything for yeah. me right now. I will have some links on our post for this episode on iaconunderground.net, so you can you follow those links. Yeah, thanks for having me. This has been a lot of fun. I love talking about this show. <laughs> our pleasure. Yeah. All right, so until next time, which I guess will be in a month's time, and we when we discuss episode seven, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm David, and apparently I like green little filthy children monsters as as characters. That's, Have I that's become dadified? Maybe. I never liked children before. <laughs> Hey guys, I need a second. Uh, my cat is 
demanding an escort to the to the outside, uh, and if I don't deal with it, we're going to have a lot of meows to edit out later. <laughs> so I need just cute. a moment. Yeah, oh, they are okay. pretty cute. Oh, uh, we did skip over a spot where they're cutting back and forth between the long exposition dump from the little adorable kaiju girl to uh, when Atsume and Akane are in the shop and there's meta commentary about how episodes are boring when they don't have any kaiju in them, Mm -hmm. which was nice. Although technically this does have one new kaiju, we just don't see her full kaiju form. Mm. If she even has a kaiju form, other than just huge little girl, menacing with a giant evil smile in an alleyway. Oh, I love that shot so much. It's just, it, it's creepily on edge and claustrophobic. Mm-hmm. Cat, cat, where you? Oh, it's lap time. Or is it time to go out? Do you want to go out too? Okay, come on. Come on. You're easier to send out. There's another Okay, my cat has been dealt with. Okay. Uh, do we have David back yet? Oh, uh, yeah. I just had to get up, okay. walk a few cool. feet, and open a door to let the cat out. Alright, I wasn't sure how much cat business there was to be done. <laughs> There's a lot of cat business. A lot of cat business going on. Meow. 